0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of Weaver, the business of government podcast. I'm your host, Adam Jones. Today, we're going to talk about large-scale project management in government, and I mean really large-scale, billions and billions of federal infrastructure, infrastructure dollars, how to make the most of it, how to be transparent, how to be accountable, most of all, how to be effective. And I'm joined today by Weaver's Partner of Government Consulting Services, a man with three decades of experience in government transformation and effectiveness, Todd Hoffman. Uh, Todd, it is a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for having me. Todd, you have a long career in the private sector in professional services, but within those services, you've always gravitated gravitated back to government and the public sector, what attracts you to solving the problems in government at multiple levels?
1: Well, by way of background, so uh, as you stated, I've got 34 years of professional services experience where I've served clients in audit, tax, and advisory uh, across all industries. Uh, I've been practicing the consulting space for over 28 years now. Uh, where I've served clients in, you know, in areas around business process improvement, human capital advisory, financial and operational effectiveness, and in the IT space as well. And uh, I've been focusing on work in the public sector since 2011, where I've really enjoyed that work uh, and and the clients that I've served. And most people who work in government, uh, they work there because, you know, I hear this all the time. They work there because they they really want to make a difference. They want to make a difference in their communities, uh, in the, in, the, in their work product, and in what they contribute every day. And I found that to be very, very contagious. And I've uh, i found that joy in in the old saying, building trust in society while helping my clients solve very important problems, complex problems. I enjoy seeing how that work, how the work that they do, uh, how that impacts our communities. I've also seen that firsthand in some of the work that I've done, where. In the disaster recovery space, uh, work that I've done around Hurricane Harvey, specifically in Harris County, the work I I, I performed in Arkansas, Oklahoma, uh, Arizona, as it relates to business process, business process reengineering around transformation. Um, I also really saw it uh, in the emergency rental assistance and workforce development programs that I designed and helped administer during COVID, where you know, you would see things on TV and you would read articles in the newspapers in local communities. And you know that the work that you were doing and that you were leading working with your client was truly, really impacting lives. And and uh, and to me, I find that very, very gratifying and very You have seen a lot of challenges. So here's a new one. And I'm going to throw out a,
0: a very simple question. We have a massive influx of infrastructure funds due to action from the federal government. The bipartisan infrastructure fund is, I'll just put it this way, a half a trillion dollars flowing down to governments at all levels. So here's
1: the simple question. What's in it? Well, and I, I want to answer that question and I'll step back just for a second because to really kind of overlay kind of where the, where we're, uh, where our federal government's coming from, is that when you look at our nation as a whole, we've underinvested in infrastructure spending on roads, bridges, power systems, rail, broadband, water systems, and public transportation over the years. We've got an aging infrastructure. And really the intent of this funding over the next five years, it's a real opportunity for state and local governments to begin to fund projects that can really make change happen. Now, having said that, state and local government should also begin to prepare for and um, uh, prepare for this. And how do they do that? They do that through um, really beginning to prioritize uh, around that funding that's going to be coming later this calendar year. It's an awesome responsibility. I don't mean to criticize the federal government,
0: but they have a habit of writing checks and believing that solves the problem. The classic, we'll throw money at it. So as an administrator at the state level or at a municipal authority, a city, a school district, you're flooded with funds. Sometimes the fundamental question is, well, well, what do I do first? Where do you even start to get your brain on project management and making good decisions if you were a government leader or fiduciary.
1: Well you know it, it's a great question because you know as I as I speak to my uh, my clients um, and and some of my targets I mean it's a question that everybody's asking themselves I mean you've got this money coming in you've got you know just kind of set the stage you've got this money coming in you've got you know uh, you've got a real focus around transparency and accountability. Um, you've got this aging infrastructure that we were just talking about. How do you begin to, to, to start to kind of uh, step back and begin to put some sort of a process in place to really make this difference. And it really starts with the, the planning aspect of this. And, and typically where, you know, the conversations I've had with my clients is really around kind of looking at, you know, what it is you're, you're trying to accomplish here. So, you know, when you think about your, the work that you're doing every day, Let's say you're in the engineering department. I mean, you had projects that you were planning for. The question is, is with some of the funds that are coming in, are are those still the projects that are going to be the most impactful that are really going to make the difference? Because that gets back to the rationale behind uh, the infrastructure bill, right? It's really beginning to address that aging infrastructure. So it's asking yourselves the questions in that planning and design phase. Okay, is this truly going to do that? Another thing that I talk to my clients about is beginning to go do some stakeholder outreach in this, right? Because you you know, you know, have kind of your views around what you're trying to do within your agency and or department, but then it's also finding out what stakeholders are actually expecting as well. And beginning to find a way to mesh those things together, I would say is really where an organization should start. And then you begin to put pencil to paper and the funding mechanisms around it uh that obviously you've got to get you know the city council and or court or legislature uh in tuned with and then the and the final thing is and i and, and 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 this is starting to enter into some of the conversations adam is really around the sustainability of these projects longer term the money that was set aside in the bill was to really begin to address projects but then there are going to be projects that are going to go on longer than this 5 year horizon so then the question is, how do you begin to fund and think about those projects and those funding sources, maybe in a different way that you think about it now? For example, broadband. Broadband, there's there's a lot of money, almost 40-something billion dollars, to, and actually address some broadband issues across our, our nation. But as it relates to broadband, should we begin to think about it as it relates to uh, like a utility, like water and or sewage. So you can actually use the money to begin to seed projects. But how do you begin to take those projects and and, and have them fund themselves over a period of time? That's also a challenge that should be thought about now in thinking about how you want to attack this.
0: We, we have not worked together very long, Todd, but I am a fan of your project methodology. And you take what you call a four-pillar approach to uh, project management. Can you talk a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, no, thank you for that. Yeah, I, you know, when when we kind of look at how we service our clients and you think about the evolution of, a, of, a, of an organization, I mean, you really think of the four pillars that I'm gonna lay out here. You think about the strategy of that organization. what it is you're trying to accomplish. You think about the operations. How do you do your day-to-day that's aligned with the strategy? then you have the technology that honestly that actually supports you know that strategy and operations and then the final piece is the human capital the people that actually get it done and so when you think about the four pillar approach and what it is that you know we and how we attack problems and how we serve our clients here at weaver is really putting things in those four pillars and i can get real specific if you'd like around some of the things that are within that but to answer your question that's kind of how we, we, we've laid it out because, honestly, that actually connects with our targets and clients and how they are thinking about their operations on a day-to-day basis.
0: We, we You and I work for a CPA firm, and the traditional notion of, of a CPA firm is audit, assurance, a test, accounting for funds already spent. But that's not what's called
1: for here. We're talking about a proactive advisory approach, right? That's exactly what we're talking about. I mean, although the accounting aspect and the addressing, for example, the fraud, waste, and abuse as it relates to how a program is designed, was it designed as it related to the intent of the bill or the program or the grant, um, you have that monitoring compliance, which is a very, very important piece of it. But to your point, it's really kind of stepping back in some of what we've been talking about, and it's that front end, right? It's beginning to kind of Make sure that you're thinking and designing your programs and administering your programs in a way that's aligned with the federal guidelines that actually is going to accomplish your strategic intent of what it is you're trying to accomplish within that program. Um, All those things have to be thought of as well. And that's more of the advisory side of it. The compliance side is more of how do you address the fraud, waste and abuse potential, right? Impact and making sure that you're administering the program in a way that it's aligned with the federal guidance, but that needs to be thought of together. So you have the advisory, you have the, 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 the kind of the compliance, the financial, but when you think about it, you think about it from the beginning to the end of a grant, for example. Some agencies are better at this than others. Some agencies are more
0: experienced. Some agencies have more resources. Some are resource constrained. When you look at the variety of challenges folks have, where do you see the gaps and the pain points most commonly come up for the public sector uh, manager?
1: Well, you know, we've, we've been through some really interesting times over the last few years as a nation and when you yes. think about <laughs> <laughs> and when you think about you know uh, kind of how government has kind of been at the point of the you know it's, it's, it's been at the point of the spear if you will as it relates to that because all this funding has been coming down uh our our our, our communities have, have been in a, um, in, a, in, a, in a state of flux. Uh, you know, businesses had to close down. I mean, so government has kind of been that, that organization that really everyone has been looking to. And because of that, it's really put a stress and strain uh, on the employee base uh, within the organization. They're having to do more with less. Uh, they're having to do things uh, in a very quick manner because that's the expectation of the taxpayer because there, it's a time of need. And and so it's really thinking through, you know, you ask you ask the question around, you know, the 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 the, the pain points. I mean, it, it that's that's really where um, where the employee base is. They're tired, and so then the question is, how can we come in to potentially, you know, kind of help uh, uh, help them as they kind of work their way through this? And you know, how we have supported state and local governments is to really begin to. You know, getting back to kind of this infrastructure bill, is how do you prioritize these infrastructure needs against these available funding sources? And then how do you begin to develop business cases to support those funding requests is really the starting point. And where we begin to support our clients and targets around this is facilitating things like design sessions, where you get individuals in the organization together to begin to help prioritize ready-made projects shovel-ready projects that maybe put on the back burner and to begin to really think about what's the strategic intent uh, of what it is you're trying to accomplish, and then how does the funding align to that strategic intent, I think is also really, really important. And that is where we have found organizations have really leaned on consultancies is to actually help them actually work their way through that. When we look at, let's look at a big infrastructure issue like transportation systems,
0: for example. One of the challenges is always jurisdiction. Uh, An and issue can overlap a city or a county or a school district or sometimes even a nonprofit. Maybe the overarching entity is one state agency. Maybe it's multiple state agencies. When you are dealing with a specific co- client, how do you work to ensure all the pieces fit together and everybody plays on the same team?
1: That's a, that's a great question. And and that's the one that uh, is probably the most difficult, you know, when you think about the last couple of years, for example, and you think about, you know, all the different grants that have come um, from, from, uh, from all the different bills that have been passed, you know, everybody is getting access to those dollars. And, you know, as I've spoken to clients, the question is, is how can you do, how can you pull your funds in a way to actually make more of an impact? Because to your point around jurisdictions, there's so much crossovers related to this. And so, for example, we're starting to see a broadband proposal, RFPs, I should say, that are actually coming out where they're focusing more on a regional approach, which I actually think is very refreshing. It's what is it we're trying to accomplish as a as it may be a region of counties or a region of cities where we can be the most impactful because everybody has the same problem, right? And the question is how do we pool our funds in a way to solve that problem in the most efficient and effective way? And to me, it's really through kind of the planning we've talked about. It's through it's through the collaboration, through outreach, through getting um state and local governments to to to, to make phone calls to to other state and local uh, entities uh, that are in their region to begin to talk about this in more detail. So it's really time to, as I like to say, take the blinders off a little bit and begin to think more broadly about how these funds can be the most impactful for the taxpayer.
0: Todd, your emphasis on collaboration is super important, and I'm glad you delved into the power of, of actual individuals to create change you are into government impact and effectiveness what are the kinds of things that you can do and and how can people reach out and talk to you about making government work for folks
1: well uh, that thank you adam that's a, that's a great uh, a great question and you know i want to go back to the, the 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 pillars that we spoke about earlier and really maybe you know go back and highlight those you've got your strategy your operations your technology and then the human capital to make that happen. And so when you think about the types of things that you're, that, that an organization is dealing with on a day to day basis within strategy, it's things around workforce planning. It's things around organizational planning. It's things around what is your IT strategy? And, it, and it, is it aligned with what it is you're trying to accomplish, not only today, but maybe what you're trying to accomplish in the next two to three years? it's around data visualization. You know, when we were talking about transparency earlier, is it's around, you know, do I have the right kind of information that I can uh, communicate what's going on in very visual terms, very simply that can that can create confidence and build trust in the society that I'm communicating with. So that's really kind of how the things that we kind of think about as it relates to strategy. If you, if you talk about operations, You know, that's around, are my operations running efficiently? So if not, then, you know, are there ways to look at your business processes and are there ways to do things more efficiently? Are there ways to do things differently, maybe in some sort of a consolidation of your organization through some sort of managed service uh, concept? Um, Change management we've talked about throughout, but also in your operations as you make change do you have the right kind of strategy in place to get the employee base on board with the change and why you're changing and what the impact is for them as you're changing? So we actually do a lot of work in that area. Infrastructure planning, we've talked quite a bit about on the uh, on this podcast. And then grant funding management, we also have talked about. But that's what kind of falls within op- operations. You think of technology, it's really around project management. It's around uh, cybersecurity. Right now, there's a lot of money in the infrastructure bill around cybersecurity. And so do you have the right strategy in place? Are you vulnerable to attacks? If so, have you done an assessment? If not, should you do an assessment? And how do you go about that? Those are all things that we talk to our clients about and things that are really real as they're kind of working their way through their technology and their technology strategy. Also, that we've talked about the human capital piece and really human capital is how the work obviously gets done, but it's really do you have the workforce, not only today, but in the future to get it done, doing more with less, using technology as an enabler, okay? Um, and, and with the people that you already have in your organization, thinking about the competencies that you need from your employee base that can be more strategic over a period of time. And do you have that right complement in your organization? Those are all things that we have our, we have conversations with our clients about and all things that when you think of the infrastructure bill that we were talking about earlier, there's a lot of money in that bill to begin to kind of look at all four of these pillars and how you might be able to operate differently than you are today in order to be more efficient, more effective and more transparent and have more accountability with the taxpayers that you serve. I I think
0: that's a fantastic
1: summation, Todd. I've really valued our conversation
0: today. And for those of you listening in, if you have a problem to solve in government, Todd Hoffman's not a bad place to start. Thank you, Todd. We've come to the end of another session of the Business of Government. Thank you all for tuning in. And we will see you next time. I'm Adam Jones.